What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We are here talking about, well, like we were last week, Mysterio. We were talking, we're talking about Mysterio again. We're gonna, we're gonna go over one of his big storylines, Quentin Beck's big storylines. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna dive into one of his great stories, uh, which is funny because it wasn't in the Spider-Man books, which is very crazy. Sometimes it, the best stories are created within the context of something else. <laughs> it's very true. It's unexpected. It's wild. Kind of like us. Oh, Rafa, was this the first time you ever read Guardian Devil? It was. Um, I never knew it existed. I'm pretty sure that in my uh, in my my lunch dates with Chris, every now and then we talk about it maybe once or twice here and there. But most of the time, as far as reading it, yes, and actually getting a second to kind of delve into it. Oh, what a story! Yeah, this is yeah. the uh, this is the first time I ever read it. But yes, being friends with Chris for as long as I have. It, uh, I have known about the Guardian <laughs> Devil storyline. So You're welcome, Kevin Smith. I, I, when I meet for people with lunch and everything else, I'm like, oh, have you read this? <laughs> I do when I go to the bank. I'm like, can I take out some money? And have you read Guardian Devil? <laughs> you gotta, you got to spread the word. If you don't, these stories stay in obscurity. Seriously. Well, you know, it's funny, like going into my own secret origin with the story. Um, so I remember going to FanQuest all the time you know when I was a kid and that was the big story that was the big uh, comic shop in town so anyways when I was going there I um, it was, this was like in the big heyday of stuff going on so I made the mistake of ordering more than I could afford I just didn't think I was one of, of those you were living young wild and free yeah you know? one, of those, one of those kids and I really latched on to a lot of the heroes uh, reborn so that was the Jim Lee Lee Liefeld Jim Lee Rob Liefeld, I almost con- amalgamated them, uh, and their restarting of the, D- of the Marvel Universe. And that idea tanked. It tanked very fast, very quick, and Marvel was hurting. And luckily... This was um, during the bankrupt days, right? Yeah, yeah. This was either post or just right before it. Uh, they were very, very close. And was the monumental, amazing film Blade created yet? Oh, no. That would be darn near another decade. Wow. Yeah. Mistake. Yeah, no, it was crazy. But luckily, uh, Joe Quesada and, um, oh, his partner in crime. I can't think of his partner in crime. Jim, Jimmy Palmiotti. Jimmy Palmiotti, yes, uh, who does an amazing Stan Lee impersonation. <laughs> so anyways, those two guys, um, I don't know if they went to Marvel or Marvel went to them, but they kind of went to the same idea where we're going to farm out some of our comics to your studio, and then you you just do some cool stuff. So they got a bunch of Marvel Street-level characters, and they came up with Marvel Knights. And one of the major... Um, uh, gosh, one of the major properties that they had was Daredevil. So they ended Daredevil, which was always a fun comic. It was a go-to comic. It was a safe comic, but it wasn't something you'd stay on regularly. So they got on there, they revamped it, and they used their friendship with Kevin Smith to get him to come on and write it. And yeah, so like Daredevil Volume 2, Number 1, the first part of Guardian Devil is basically the comic that saved Marvel. That's what really launched Joe Quesada up there for Marvel Comics, and it did so much. You know... Hype. <laughs> getting, no, getting to read it for the first time, uh, 
I know that. Well, I know that uh, Joe Casada created my favorite character, or at least one of my favorite characters, uh, or co-created with uh, Azrael. But his art in this is kind of strange, especially the baby. Like the yes. baby is drawn <laughs> weird. Like it, it looks like a seventy-eight-year-old man. <laughs> That's the illusion of the baby. I guess. Uh, no, you're you're right. There are some like not not the. Uh, it's way better than whatever I could reproduce. Okay. No, you know, I but can't it, there are sure. some like it's cartoony because there's some points when like I look at Matt Murdock and I'm like he just looks cartoony. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, but, he does switch between two different types. Of, it seems like he switched between two different types of style. Yeah, and honestly, that could be maybe even some inking issues. Maybe it could be. You know, maybe he inked himself, or maybe Jimmy inked it, or something. I don't know. Well, Jimmy's a writer. Jimmy's a writer. I could. I thought he delved back and forth. Like I, I think he does. He might, maybe he does ink too. Yeah, I think he. I'm not I sure, but does. I know he writes. So I mean, there there could be something there. Um, but one thing that's kind of fun about this, because I was flipping through it and looking at that era, and I would stress too, even once once Kevin Smith leaves the book, uh, keep reading. I mean, keep reading the whole volume. It's fantastic stuff. But later on, I don't know if it was in this arc or the next arc because I kind of mixed the two. But they would do that like shadow outline of Daredevil, so he'd be in all black with the ah. red belt and the red D's. I was like, "Hey, that's the Charles Soule Ron Garney costume." So I almost wonder, like, "Hey, is there maybe a little <laughs> bit of sampling, homaging, whatever that? Well, you know, like who knows? Maybe, maybe." But I just I dig it. So one thing I I know I've, I haven't read a lot of of Daredevil storylines, but I feel like this one at the very end, at the end of this run. Uh, I guess, or this story arc uh-huh. is the best way to put it. Well, for Kevin Smith, it's a run. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if you want to call it, it's they do a thing that I see at the end of every one of the, the Daredevil stories that I read. Um, he finally gets through the, the story arc. He, you know, he gets past whatever it is, whatever's guilting him, and then all of a sudden he's uh, he's he's flying through rooftops and stuff like that, and he's smiling like now I can be Daredevil kind of thing. It's just like <laughs> I'm like every time the rest of the story is always like oh, I'm super sad. I hate life. <laughs> Why is God doing this to me? And then at the very end, he's like, I'm good now. And then the next next book is gonna be him being like. So why sad. is why is Foggy doing this to me? <laughs> why, why why is it that Karen's dead? You know, it's always so, it's always so, like Karen did die in the storyline, and at the very end, he's like he's big old smile, just jumping from rooftop to rooftop. We well, had his moment of confession. Mm-hmm. He cleansed his soul. Sure, and he was good. It's true. No, you're right. I you're, guess there I, is a lot of that. Like I, they run him through hell. They stick him deep in the mud, and then the last page is a nice splash of him like running around the rooftops during the daylight, smiling. Like well, he, he dares to be the devil. I guess his kitchen. I guess I'll I'll leave that one to two of you, uh, being Catholics and all. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. When I go to confession, which I haven't done in like eighteen years, I gotta say it's like taking a nice, nice clean poop. You, know? <laughs> Just, you get all that toxic out of yourself and there you're ready is. you're ready to, to, to run across when the <laughs> devil goes across the tops of buildings I'm just dancing my way through 4th Avenue <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a it's a pooping for your soul yeah <laughs> feels so clean yeah you drop a lot <laughs> uh, okay so we'll get to Guardian Devil uh, after the spinner rack so let's go ahead and hit that spinner rack for this new comic book day alright new it comic is, book Wednesday it is Wednesday you're here at the comic shop what's the good stuff so let me share with you. All right, it's finally here. Aquaman number 50, and this is part of the Year of the Villain, the offer. So on this cover, the nice cardstock cover, we see Black Manta. So it looks like Black Manta is going to be approached by Lex Luthor and say, hey, I got something for you. So this is the big 50th issue. Um, 
I think Aquaman, for the most part, is back to his settings. So he's got his memory back, and this is going to kick off the next era of Aquaman as we get ready for more. So last week was was uh, was Rachel Ghoul, yes. which it, it, to me means means Batman. Right. Uh, this week is Black Manta, which means Aquaman. I, I'm sure previous weeks he went to some other people. Oh, he's going to multiple in a week. Like it's like again, just due to the publication, but it's supposed to be like almost at one point he's like hitting all the villains. Okay, so it's not just like I'm picking yeah, one like person I'm go to represent. you, and then I go to you. No, it's he's just everywhere. I was gonna say because does he pick someone else to represent Superman in in his little thing? But I guess if he's going to everybody, then he's going to everybody. Yeah, he's gonna hit up everybody because and it segues nicely. The next uh, the next big comic of the week, um, Batman seventy five, City of Bane. Ooh, he's yeah. starting. Yep. This is, gonna be, this is going to be one of the big ones right here. So uh, Tom King's epic run on Batman continues. We're finally at one of the major ones, City of Bane. So if you read Batman 74, that issue left off on a very um, ambiguous ending because two Batman go into a cave. One comes out and we don't know who. And that was a crazy issue. A lot of you got to read it. You got to really look at the art. You got to look at everything. Uh, it's pretty out there. But anyways, yeah, Bane. Um, now, in this case, actually, Lex does uh, come to Gotham City. So whether or not he's going to offer Bane something or their plans will mesh or not, I don't know. Uh, I would definitely say it's going to be more tangential just because Lex Luthor isn't a part of Tom King's run. It's Bane. So that's going to be the big stuff. But again, it's got that Year of the Villain cardstock cover. So if you want, you have three covers out there. You have the uh, the regular edition one, which will have a nice big body shot of Bane charging at a cowl. Or you have the nice headshot of Bane on that cardstock cover. Or you have a blank one as well. So choose wisely. Uh, let's see what else do we got here. Green Arrow Trade Paperback Volume 7, Citizen's Arrest, will be released. Um if you were a fan of Heroes in Crisis, this is the one that contains the crossover issue. So issues 43 through 47 and annual two of the current Green Arrow volume will be there. So there's definitely a lot of just raining on Ollie. Um, if he goes to confession, maybe he'll jump around and smile at the end of it. Mm-hmm. That's what Ollie's missing. He'll, he'll feel cleansed yeah. and ready to go. He, he needs to do that. Also, but see, that's the thing goes to say. It's like Spider-Man and, and Ollie, like they, they tend to smile in general. Like Even though Ollie's doing the thing that he's doing he's still like shooting that arrow with a smile on his face because he's i don't want to say oblivious but he's just like hey it's that devilish mustache yeah that's that's also true i think it's that obliviousness because ollie's the guy who kind of shits on others oh yeah no (laughs) and it's like oh yeah okay don't get me wrong he he's the biggest fucking uh hypocrite yeah, one of the yeah. biggest hypocr- hypocrites out there. I love the character. Don't get me wrong; he's one no, of my favorites. But it's he—he is a huge hypocrite, and he knows it. He knows it. Yeah. Like, like, like when it comes to uh, when it came to pre-Flashpoint, um, pre-Rebirth, when uh, uh, he killed Prometheus. Yes. After oh God. Red, uh, Red, Cry for justice. Yeah. After Red Arrow's daughter got killed. Yeah. Like you know he. If, if it was anybody else, he'd be like, you can't kill. It's not right. Yeah, you shouldn't no. be doing this. You can't. Who are you to be the judge, jury, and execution? But as soon as him. As soon I as, get to. As soon as, yeah, as soon as it's someone that it affects his family. It's because he takes the burden, you guys. He makes the hard choices. We can't. <laughs> Thank he's you, got, Rafa. He's got the, uh, the executioner <laughs> arrow. That's what it is. He's got that in his quiver, and he's like, I didn't make this decision. The arrow did. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that makes them innately human, you know. We 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 say things and do things all the time. I mean, we're not randomly going around and like maybe killing people. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, sure, maybe. But I mean, it adds to that sense, right? That yeah. sense of you know, like, uh, well, I know that 
Ollie is a person that I could kind of be like in a sense. I mean, especially because I have facial hair. It makes sense to me too. But I mean, that goatee. That's what it is. Does he has he used that box yet? That box that Washington Manhunter gave him? Oh God, I think so. I, I think actually in that trade, I think it plays out. Um, maybe you know, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's used it or not because it, it was it was a major point. That's what was part of this whole like you know kind of relaunching of the Arrow. But yeah, I don't know if that just kind of fell through the cracks. Maybe it's going to be used after uh, the offer or whatever it is. Luther's maybe doing. maybe that's yeah. what it. It's not necessarily that it's there for the league. It's there to help the league to stop Luther. Yeah, that's a good call. Who knows? Um, yeah, no, definitely some crazy stuff. It's there. filled with uh, infinity gems. Nice. <laughs> right, the Why DC did Marsh Manhunter have it? <laughs> he's been he's, he traveled past the source wall. He actually straight into the MCU. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Well, okay, because we're moving along. So uh, Justice League issue 28. Yes, Justice League issue 28 will be out. This is also part of the year of the villain, the offer. This one's neat. It's going to have the uh, the covers there. Uh, Terry Dodson does a nice copy of the Trinity with Wonder Woman in the front. So this one, they are going to be fighting the Apex Predator, which is Luther. So this is going to be starting off the big Justice Doom War. So I would recommend start getting these issues, whether you're involved in the offer or not. Why? Because we're going to see the JSA returning, and that's going to be starting up pretty darn big. Uh, let's see. Justice League Volume 3 trade paperback. Hawkworld will be out. Uh, this deals with a lot of the uh, what's going on with the Hawk people, the Thangarians, and things like that. So we're going to definitely be diving into, um, oh gosh, now I'm going to have that moment. Because it's Hawk Girl. It's what, Shira and Kendra. Kendra. So this is Kendra. So this is going to be dealing more with her... Uh, her backstory and what's going on there. So this will collect issues 13 through 18 and the big annual. And the annual had a nice showdown between Lex Luthor and Martian Manhunter. Now, this is actually going to be a really exciting one that I'm hyped for. Nightwing issue 62. Uh, the offer will come over here as well. Year of the Villain. So that will involve the uh, the Owls. So the Court of Owls will finally get their greatest desire, Dick Grayson. But there is no Dick Grayson. So will they be happy to settle for Rick or not? So you have two choices for covers here. Uh, you got a nice cardstock headshot of the oh god, who was the owl? The the big one. What did they call it? the Talon? Right. So I think well, it's the, the Talon ta- is the assassin for the owls. Yes. So yeah, I think it's the okay. Talon because uh, I don't think it's it's the one, but it's the Talon works for the group. So yeah, so you can have a nice uh, headshot of that, or you could have the Talon lurking in a in a, a corner top there, spying on Rick Grayson on a date. So you got your two choices there, but definitely go cardstock. Those are nice. Let's see. What else do we have? Uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number one of 12. So if you like your comic strange and adventurous, Matt Fraction will give that to you. Um, So I missed out on his Hawkeye run. And it's like, damn, that was a damn good Hawkeye run. So should (laughs) I get the Jimmy Olsen book or not? Uh, This will be a maxi series. So it'll be 12 issues. So it's up to you. Uh, This is obviously going to tie in a lot to the Year of the Villain stuff as well. Not Sorry, not Year of the Villain. Uh, You mentioned it before we started broadcasting. The the miniseries that's going on right now. Uh, Leviathan. Leviathan, yes. So there's going to be something there. So definitely check that out. Teen Titans issue 32 is also going to be part of the Year of the Villain. So they'll have a nice cardstock cover of Lobo. So if you're a Lobo fan, and we just talked about him, we had a special one on him. Um, he's going to get some big action there because Luther's going to go to Lobo and he's going to be like, hey, you want to screw over Crush? So that's what he's going to be offering him. 
So, I mean, what's better than Big Action Lobo? I mean, oh, he's, right? he is the wet dream of buff alien monster man. <laughs> this is, that's that's a, what I like in my... He's not a villain anymore, right? Technically? Oh, no. He's just... He's a big... He's the main man. Yeah, he's he doing does what he thing. needs to do. Smoking cigarettes and cussing out children. <laughs> that's 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 the role model I want. <laughs> yeah. So who's 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 the mastermind behind uh, You're the Villain? Luther, I'd say. Oh, I mean, who's the writer? Oh, the writer. Oh, geez. Uh, I think that probably falls under Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. I'd so say then so. Snyder's that, and Leviathan is Bendis. Yes. Do you think they come to a head? Like both these miniseries are going at the same time. Both involve villain organizations and stuff like that. I definitely, I, I know they've, I would say, I can't say I know, I would say that they, they've shared their plans, like Bendis and Snyder are aware of each other's stories and how they're going to conclude, and I'm sure that they're both excited enough to be like, dude, I'll, I'll put a little split in here for your story with mine and, and vice versa. So I definitely say like, I don't think the two stories will definitely like you have to read one to get the other. No. Uh, just because I feel like Event Leviathan is more grounded. So, like, that's going to be the detectives, and I feel Year of the Villain is more space, so that's going to be, like, the Justice League, the big heroes. So, will one feed into the other? No. But could one partake in why one exists? Yeah. You know, maybe that's why Leviathan's like, I'm fucking tired of all you supers, dude. You have a fucking Martian man under Lex Luthor floating around <laughs> out there. You guys don't stop him, so that's why I'm here. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then in, like, five years, when Jeff finally finishes Doomsday Clock, Manhattan will clean it all up. Yeah, right? No kidding. <laughs> no, we're just going to get a reboot of the world. <laughs> I know. It's going to come out, and it's going to be like, oh, yeah, there's uh, there was Doomsday Clock. We forgot about that. And that'll be DC New Life or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. No, who knows? DC no, what we're going to do, it's going to be it's gonna be like uh, after Onslaught, where you had uh, Heroes Reborn, but it's not going to be called Heroes Reborn. It's going to be like villains... You know, it's going to be like the wanted universe where the villains won and they're going to have a whole oh. world to themselves. And then eventually we'll have to have a world where we'll have to have an event after that so that the heroes can all come back. So the new age of heroes or something. Like, no, we already had that after. They should just metal. not even be tongue in cheek about it. They'll just be like, heroes reborn, heroes return. <laughs> and Jim Lee will be like, I don't care. Give me money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sell my backpacks. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so one more book to promote from DC Comics. Wonder Woman, come back to me, number one of six. So those uh, those giants that have been printed out at Walmart, uh, they're collecting the Tom King Superman story. So if you didn't get the giants, don't feel bad. Uh, the Brian Michael Bendis, um, Jeff, oh, I can't think of his name, but beautiful artist, Nick Darrington, uh, their, their story arc over in the Batman Giants is also being reprinted as a special. And Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palamati, their story is also going to be comp- completely printed, reprinted in these stories. Come back to me. So it's a six-part miniseries. So definitely feel free to pick them up that way or wait till the trade. It's up to you. So that's what's coming to us from DC Comics. Um, I wanted to give a little bit of a feature here on just on a personal note. So I don't know if you guys ever liked that movie. And then I was amazed to find out even more about it. But for, do you remember the movie From Hell? Yep. Yep. So that's actually a comic book movie. Yep. Uh, Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell were the two geniuses behind that one. So IDW has actually been re-releasing this in a nice master edition. Uh, I don't know if the original was in black and white or in color or whatnot, but they're advertising that it's the master edition, fully colorized. 
Uh, it's going to have all kinds of annotations and everything in there. So this is like the, oh, God, remember when DVDs used to do it? Like a director's cut, a special a ultimate edition, you know, the Snyder cut, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's going to be this version of From Hell. So if you enjoyed that story or you're very curious about it because this is some Jack the Ripper stuff, some old 20th century England, London craziness, uh, I definitely would recommend it. It's a fun trip down a rabbit hole. Uh, they have a very great theory on who Jack the Ripper, Jack the Yes. Yeah, that's, for some reason, it wasn't sounding right in my mind. Uh, Jack the Ripper. Now, uh, they have an interesting theory, so it's definitely worth a read. Uh, they're $7.99 an issue, and they're already on part six. So I unfortunately jumped on this too late, but I would highly recommend it. It's a beautiful, just a beautiful work of art. I want to uh, tell me when they decide to do uh, Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as a special food. Like that. All right. With I will, all the, I will keep all my the eyes annotations, though, because that's keep, the story that I like. I'll keep my eyes peeled for it. Now, here's one I'm going to sell to you, and unfortunately, I'm late. So, uh, we discovered that Clue makes comic books. That's right. And apparently, those comics are so good that they made a sequel. I did not know this. Clue, Candlestick. So, they're already on issue three, so <sighs> we'll, we'll find it. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yes, uh, you know, there's, there's more to it. Uh, Dan Shaw is the... Uh, writer and artist on this one, so yeah, he's gonna he's gonna play some more Clue, and you've got to figure it all out. So they're gonna do Clue comics. How come how come nobody can get off their ass and give me Encino Man, the Untold Years? Encino Man, Encino Man, the comic book. <laughs> That's that, a boom, boom. I would totally buy that so that. many times. It, I, I assume that goes after the where the movie ends. Yes. Okay. And then, or or maybe one portion is like retelling the story because I I can I will consume the Encino Man story. In whatever format you want to give it to me, it's incredible. And then the after years, hell yeah! I mean, Boom Studios already has all these dope ass properties, and they also do crazy ass variant covers. Just give me a young um, Brendan Fraser any day of the week. I want it. <laughs> give it to me. Nice. There you go. And Sino Man the comic. I like that because there is room for it. That could be like a total classic. You right? know, you and have then we have a crossover, and, boom. and he he meets Conan. Oh wow. shit. All right, I'm out. <laughs> hey, he's a Savage Avenger. It's okay. He is a Savage Avenger, and I have those issues. And now you're back in. <laughs> All right, let's see. Jumping into the big leagues, Marvel Comics. All right, this is going to be a big week, X-Men fans. So Age of X-Men Omega number one is out. So this ends the Age of X-Men storyline. Uh, this helps to clean up a big portion of the X-Men universe because next week begins the Hickman era. So definitely pick this issue up, read it somehow, see what's going on. Now, my advice, what I've been hearing online from those rumblings is you read Age of X-Men Omega number one, and then you read Uncanny X-Men number 22, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 22, 23, both get reprints because that'll, for some reason, hunting, Hunted did that well. God, I'm sorry. Not, I never want to be mean to a story. But that one just tired me out. Oh, Holy throw, throw it in a well. Throw it in a well, never let it out. Yeah, that thing, I just, I'm done with it. So, but hey, congratulations, they got more printings. Uh, Black Widow, if you are a fan of the Black Widow, there's going to be some stuff coming out. They have no information on this one. So, there's Black Widow trade paperback, no restraints play. So, I can't tell you anything about it. All I know is it costs $15.99. It's in stores today. I'm going to laugh so hard at the whole issue just as redacted images. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Redacted. Like, there we go. That, that totally keeps it in there. Uh, Captain Marvel issue six, which was part of the War of the Realms tie-in, that gets a second printing. Captain Marvel number eight is out, beginning her new story arc post-War of the Realms. Uh, Daredevil issue eight is out, and this continues 
uh, Chip Zardaski's run, and this is part three of No Devils Only God. I am loving Chip Zardaski. Dude, Chip Zardaski is the man. Like, I'm totally going bananas for this guy. Um, and I love Daredevil, so you put those two together. His run has been fantastic. Like, the world he's building, everything that's going on, the corner that he's put Matt Murdock into, it's fantastic. Like, I, I cannot recommend this enough. So, buy your issues. If you don't like it, send it to me. I'll buy them. <laughs> Heard here folks. first, folks. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, this was a fun one. Uh, giant size X-Men number one. A lot of us weren't there for that moment. It's a beautiful moment. It changed everything. Like, this is the new Teen Titans uh, th- this is what inspired the new Teen Titans, honestly. So anyways, Giant Size X-Men number one, the big one, Dave Cochran, Loy Ween, Roy Thomas, all these greats with a beautiful Gil Kane cover. It is being reprinted as a facsimile edition, and it'll cost you $4.99. It is worth every penny. Treat yourself. This book was beautiful. I was very lucky to be alive during the Marvel uh, Master Edition or Marvel Milestone Edition reprints, and they did Giant Size X Men. I got to read that one. Holy wow, that book is beautiful. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Annual Number One is getting a second printing. This is a nice anthology book, so like just the the format that it's in. So we get a lot of mystery stories that are definitely going to plant the seeds for the second arc of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I would wager if you're a Nova fan, you might want to be checking this out. And I think Quasar had some big moments as well. Quasar. I haven't heard that name in forever. <laughs> uh, House of X. They will be doing these little preview editions. So check with your local comic shop and see if they've got one for you. Uh, it's just going to be like just a fun little book that's going to have artwork, maybe a couple of interviews, and it's going to tell us more about House of X and Powers of Ten, what's going on there. So it's going to make the week that much longer to wait. But, man, with Pepe Larraz and R.B. Silva art, this is going to be some beautiful stuff. So try to get yourself a copy if you can. Uh, Immortal Hulk number 19 gets a second printing. Immortal Hulk number 21 is out. By the way, this is the biggest selling comic book right now. Oh, he is beating Tom King. Take that. So that is just insane. So congratulations. He's going to need a miracle to bring back them numbers. Yeah. I mean, Al wow. Ewing is killing it. So wow. congratulations, man. Like, that is just fantastic stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see my face right now, but I have the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, speaking of some Hulk, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm so hype on that. No, it's insane. Like, I, I feel like I'm missing the train. Like, I really need to go back and read this stuff. Because they even did their nice uh, premiere anthology editions of that, the Immortal Hulk. So they've been releasing, like, Immortal Hulk, whatever they call it, uh, issue one, which will have issues one and two. So it'll collect two comic books and have nice annotations in it. Uh, they see, did that's this. awesome. That's the way to do it. The, it really is, yeah. They, uh, they did a run like that for Tom King's The Vision. Oh, and you know, so instead of buying all twelve issues, you buy six. You get the double comics plus the annotations. It's worth it. Like I, I was trying to complete that, so I definitely recommend it. Uh, speaking of more Hulk love, so Incredible Hulk Last Call number one that brought Peter David back to the Incredible Hulk series. Um, Dale, oh, I always say his name wrong. Dale Keown. I think is how I pronounce it, uh, that brought those two legends back to the Incredible One. Uh, their book is getting a second printing, so this is fantastic. Marvel, again, is celebrating its 80th anniversary, so this is one of those books where they're saying, hey, let's get some of these classic creators that were known for being on certain characters. Let's bring them back into the fold. Fantastic stuff. Invaders Issue 7 will be out. 
Uh, some more Chip Zardaski love. But this is a great book. Why? Because if you want to know what's going on with Namer, and Namer is going to be a big character. He might not be big now, but this is what's setting him up for a lot of stuff. Uh, this arc is entitled Dead in the Water. So basically, the invaders are, what do we do? Namer's one of ours, but Namer's gone batshit crazy. I so, mean, Namer's always kind of been... I mean, he hasn't been crazy, but he's always just about himself. Oh, him, yeah. Him and him in the oceans. You yeah. can't really rely on him. If you, no, you cannot. It's the so, fluoride in the water. It's the fluoride in the water. Yep. Wow. I'm calling it now. Well, you know, and, and that's what's interesting about him because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Black Panther's done that. We've had story arcs where it's like, hey, if Wakanda's in danger, that's my top priority. Uh, and now Namor's there. And I mean, you're like, you're right. I mean, you go all the way back to his first Golden Age appearance. That's why he hated the surface dwellers. You go to his relaunch in the Silver Age. Hey, you fuckers, you know, like you keep screwing my realm. So it is very interesting because, yeah, you have, like, when you have kings who are superheroes, they have a lot. Uh, Aquaman has always been very tame for us. He's like, hey, it's cool. You guys keep dropping your shit in the ocean. I don't mind. I'm on the <laughs> Justice League. But Namor is the one who's like, fuck this. I'm not standing for it, you know? So Good. It's, it's pretty exciting. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of talk. Um you know, maybe maybe we've seen Namor with that earthquake in the ocean during Endgame. <laughs> maybe. Uh, you know, they, they don't just put stuff out there for out there. So, yeah, but Namor, it's been a very exciting year for him. And I think, you know, like I said, this is where it's going to be at. Uh, Loki gets a brand new series, Loki number one. So this is going to be some of the fallout of War of the Realms. So we get to see what's going on. I mean, he dies, he lives, he's king, he's kid, he's man. Who knows? So find out here. Uh, this is a neat trade paperback that I'd like to put on your realms. So Marvel's Eye of the Camera trade paperback. So I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure to read Marvel's. I love that mm -hmm. story. Uh, it's beautiful Alex Ross art, Kurt Busiek on words. It's a fantastic story of the Marvel Universe, the origin of it, four-issue miniseries, great stuff. Ten years later, they decided, actually maybe even closer to 15 years later, I can't remember, but they did a sequel, and it was just unfortunate that they couldn't time it right, but they brought Kurt Busiek back, and they just didn't get Alex Ross. But anyways, they made a six-issue miniseries, and this one was nice because, like, I would say um, Marvel's definitely took us into the early Silver Age, and... Eyes of the Camera takes us more into, like, the Bronze Age, as they call it. So I think this issue caps off with, like, X-Factor being a thing. So this will just definitely take you more through the timeline. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number four, gets a second printing, and so does issues five and six. So some big love to Miles there. And while you're picking up issues four, five, and six, uh, you can also pick up the trade paperback, Miles Morales, Volume 1, straight out of Brooklyn. So this will collect issues 1 through 6. So that's kind of weird that they're releasing half those issues in second printing while the trade paper come back. Trade paperback comes out as well. So I don't know which one to tell you to get. It's for the, the true connoisseurs, the ones that don't so. like the feel or the weight of the trade paperback. That's true, yeah. Maybe you just want yours in bits. Maybe. Um, let's see. Punisher gets his brand new annual number one. Uh so this is part of the Acts of Evil crossover. So Acts of Evil homages to an old event that Marvel did where they were like, hey, what if we take the villains and have them fight different heroes? They might have success there. So here's how I'm going to pitch this annual to you. I want Punisher. I want the, 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 the Brood Queen or Broad Queen. Brood, I think? Brood. Yeah, the Brood Queen, right? I want J. Jonah Jameson in there, right? Because, you know, why not? And... Let's put it all in space. That's right. Punisher in space. 
You know what? The, the stranger thing in, out of that is J. Jonah Jameson in space. Yeah, right? Well, I don't know if he'll be in space. But oh. I no, I'm sorry. Wait, it says, okay. Uh, who put Castle in the cockpit, and how will he and his muckeracking stowaway J. Jonah Jameson tolerate each other <laughs> long enough to survive? So, yep, you're right. J. Jonah Jameson in space. That's weird. The mustache. That's so weird. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, so this is going to be pure zany fun. So Sometimes we go. need that. The weirdness is what we need, you know? Yeah, no, no kidding. Definitely so. I wouldn't call that. I'm, like, this did not exist until, like, five seconds ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So, yeah, pick that one up. Uh, the Secret Warps continue on with their annual crossover, and this time the Ghost Panther will get his own book. So this will be part three, Days of Future Mars. So if you want even more of these characters as they go through their crazy adventure, All these this names. is the book to go to. Yeah, some crazy Wait, who's- stuff. Ghost Panther. Pan- Ghost Rider and Black Panther. Oh, Panther. Ghost Panther. Yeah. That makes sense. Ghost Panther. See, now I'm just thinking of Sex Panther from <laughs> Anchorman. Well, see, I was thinking like Ghost Spider, like Gwen. So I was like, did they oh, go Spider yeah. and did, switch out? Yeah. yeah, did they put Gwen and Shuri together? But no, nope. Unfortunately, no, 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 there is no unfortunate. They just, no, they just went a different route. I will say I love the costume design uh, just because it's very much a throwback to the 70s Ghost Rider suit. So it's definitely got that nice sleekness of the Black Panther, but it's got that cool silver blue line running up the side there. So that's oh. pretty cool. And then, yeah, you see a, a ghost rider or a ghost skull, a skull on fire, but those giant panther teeth at the front. So it's like that's dope. That's pretty badass. That's looking. dope. <laughs> uh, let's see. Moving along. Silver Surfer Black Issue 2 will be out. Uh, this is going to be rocking the waves. So there's going to be a lot of information coming out with this book. It's Donnie Kate, so you can't lose there. And the great thing about Issue 2 is it's going to get an issue number one third printing. That's <laughs> right. That damn thing sold out twice. So pick them wow. up if you want. Spider-Man City at War. So if you love the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game, uh, this will be the first all-new original story. So this is not in the video game. This is brand new stuff. And it's been good. Hey, you've been reading I, I've been one? enjoying it. I've been enjoying it good. a lot. Yeah, Dennis Hopeless Hallam, he's great. I love him. He's, he's done some great writing stuff there. The art looks beautiful. Uh, Clayton Crane on those covers there looks fantastic. Yeah. And if you want some more PS4 Spider-Man, you know, in that world, it's it's a good it's a good point. Yeah, and one thing I love. It's like so, DLC that you read. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I love, though, about this, um, they made a variant cover, and it very much goes back to Mario Super Mario Brothers number two. So remember when that curtain would peel back and you'd scroll over and they'd raise their hands? So yeah, you got five different Spider-Man suits and oh man, oh. that's freaking that's a beautiful cover. So if you're a Nintendo fan, I would definitely put that on your radar. Uh, this is a very big story that's near and dear to my heart, so I cannot press enough here. Spider-Man Life Story Issue 5 is out. And in case you missed it, Issue 4 will be out as well with a second printing. This book... I mean, first off, I love heroes aging in real time. I think this is fantastic. Uh, Chip Zardaski, you need to start sending me money every time I say your name. But mm-hmm. Chip Zardaski has been doing a great job. We got Mark Bagley on the art. And each issue basically represents a decade. So you've got to cram so much into one issue to get that decade. So right now we're in the 2000s. Um, do yourself every you haven't bought this issue and you're curious about it. Look at the preview online for issue five. It opens up. They killed Ben Riley. Holy shit. Like, that's crazy. And the way he condensed the clone saga into, like, the two or three parts of the issues that it's in, fantastic stuff. So I am hyped to read this one. Uh, let's see what else we got. A bunch of Star Wars books. 
Superior Spider-Man number nine is out. So if you want the adventures of Doc Ock as a Spider-Man, this is the way to go. And what's really exciting here is he's taking on Norman Osborn. So you get to see the two greatest Spider-Man villains duke it out. Hell yeah. Uh, Symbiote Spider-Man issue three got a second printing. So again, this is this is Peter David getting to play some crazy fun with uh, Spider-Man mythos and things like that. Uh, Thanos by Donny Cates hardcover. So this will basically be kind of like a... I don't know if it's going to get the oversized trim, but it's going to be like an omnibus. So it's going to feature his Thanos issues 13 through 8 plus the annual Cosmic Ghost Rider issues 1 through 5. And then the Thanos Legacy spinoff issue from the Infinity War. So this is going to feature Thanos wins and then all the origins of Cosmic Ghost Rider. So if you want to see Danny Cates cut his teeth on some cosmic stuff, this is definitely a one-stop shop book for you. Uh, True Believers, this is where you can save some money. So Maximum Carnage. This is one of those stories that's on my like to read list. I need to read Maximum Carnage. Um, this part one will actually be reprinted as a dollar issue. So this is going to be some very exciting stuff. So if you read this, be prepared because it's going to want to suck you in for more. Um, Absolute Carnage Savage Rebirth number one will be out. So this one reprints Amazing Spider-Man issue 430. Now this one was pretty wild because... This one was with Kane, right? No, this was this is I think after all that stuff. So once they kind of they put those characters away, but this is the one where like Carnage gets close to the Silver Surfer. Oh, so it's like you don't want the Carnage symbiote to be taking over Norn Rad <laughs> with the power cosmic. So that's gonna be some crazy. I stuff. I think they had there. a what if that was they did they had a what if they like had that. that one. Yeah, that was a fantastic one because. Yeah. He destroys the universe damn near, you know? So, yeah, that's crazy. Sounds like cat's fucking carnage. <laughs> he is a sadistic mofo. I'm going to call him Butch Cassidy. <laughs> what's, his, what's, what's his human oh, name? Oh, Cletus Cassidy. Cletus yeah. Cassidy. There you go, yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip a book and I'll come back to it. So, Unstoppable Wasp issue 10 is out. Venom issues 14 and 15 get some second prints. War of the Realms Part 4 gets a second... Or, sorry, War of the Realms 4 and 5 gets second printings. Uh, Wolverine, The Long Night, trade paperback. So this was that... Um, oh, gosh. Uh, the, 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 the verbal story that they did, and then they collected a comic book of it. Oh, long, so, yeah, 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 the, long yeah, the podcast. So, um, there you go, the podcast. That's the word. As we're doing one. Radio story. Uh, it's anyway, so yeah, the radio story was out there. They decided to make a graphic one, and now it's all collected as a trade. X-Force issue 10 comes to a conclusion because, once again, everything is going to come to basically a nice stopping point for Hickman. So if you want to discover what happens to Wi-Fi, X-Force, and Rachel Summers, this is the big story right here. I actually am sad to see this book go. I've been enjoying it. It's It's been really fun. Ed Breeson, thank you. That's a fantastic story you've done. Uh, if you want to get some collections of some really good stuff, X-Men Milestones, these will be like the top-of-the-line collections. They will be reprinting the Fall of the Mutant storyline. And then the Epic Collections will be collecting the... Gosh, I, I guess these are the non-X-Men X-Men stories, if that makes sense. So the original X-Men book sucked. I mean, I love it. I love the 05, but it just did not do well. So about like somewhere in the 60s issues, they cut it off. They were just doing reprints. So the characters were popping all over the place. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk, Marvel Team-Up, Captain America, Defenders, Fantastic Four. They were just wherever they could get an appearance. Luckily, Steve Englehart had a love for Hank McCoy. And so these are the stories where if you want to see how Hank goes from just being a big-handed, big-footed mutant to the blue furry beast we're used to, this is where you go right here. So there's going to be a lot of amazing team-ups there. Um, so, yeah, the X-Men Travel Universe. Now, this is the big book for me, and I hope it's a big book for you. 
Uncanny X-Men. We've Issue made 22. it. We're here. Yep. It all ends here. When did it start, Chris? Oh, God. When, well, do, when did we get the return of Cyclops? Uh, January. Jesus. So, yeah, these, these what, seven months have just been crazy. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg, he's gotten a lot of heat. And I'll, I don't know if fans will, like, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I love it. I think the book's great. Um, I get it. I, I know it's tough. Every issue or every other issue, a mutant has died. Somebody's been killed savagely. But the story's not over, so we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's easy for me to react because it's not my favorite character being killed. But at the same time, I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like this is going to have one of those like Terminator things where it's like they're going to go back and reset something that'll change a lot of what's going on. So I I mean I haven't had a chance to read the issue yet, but I think you've got to read this, and there's going to do something that's really going to help to set the universe right. Right, because, I mean, this it's been a ride, and I'm alongside with Chris. You know, the journey's been great, both of us being Cyclops fanboys. Yeah. It's been awesome, and not only that, but you can see that, you know, uh, Matthew Rosenberg also really enjoys other characters like Magic and a lot of the people from the New Mutants. Yeah. We have a lot of um, Danny Moonstar. I mean, she's been a big character oh, yeah. in this entire Karma series. Karma and Moonstar. Uh, Jamie and Ileana, they have had right. some. Yeah, Jamie's been great in this series. Right. Yeah, and it's it's been it's been an interesting ride because from where it started to where it's now, this oh, isn't gosh. where I expected to be going. No, I I totally thought this was gonna be like, oh, we're the X Men and we're gonna set up for our grand adventures. No, this is like I know we you've used that phrase a lot and I've come to adopt it. Their back is to the wall. Shit, they're through the wall. Yeah, they're through the wall. They've been punched through the wall. It's insane, but I love it. It's it feels serious. Yep, lots I mean, of great honestly. revelations, lots of great adventures, lots of great moments. Yeah, and yeah, it might not be for everybody. I feel like you know we can't be happy with the next one story a lot of the time, and yeah. that's fine. Everybody has their different opinions. Everyone enjoys something different. But you know, I just like to to take a moment and say thank you because this has been a great story for me personally, and I've enjoyed the ride. Yeah, Matthew Rosenberg, thank you very much. We are excited about it. We're so excited that we will actually be having a roundtable. So if you find yourself in Yuma. On Sunday, the 28th of July, please come down. We're going to be at FanQuest Comics at 1 o'clock. Uh, we're going to gather ourselves and a bunch of the other fans, and we're going to talk about Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, kind of talking from there. I mean, what else can we talk about besides the fact that this episode is brought to you by this fantastic place, FanQuest Comics and Games in our town, Yuma, Arizona. We've been shopping there for 25 years. Well, the store has been open for coming up on 30 years now. Can you guys believe that? I mean, I have plenty of Crazy. memories of buying comics from Diane, and I wouldn't be doing this very comic show without this store. I mean, please make sure to check out FanQuest Comics and Games on Facebook, and if you can't make it into our local comic book store, go into your local comic book store and geek out, because without it, I mean, a big part of it is that experience, finding those like-minded people, and having that sense of joy in reading these beautiful characters in tight suits fighting evil and solving <laughs> crimes. Yeah, no, honestly, these stories, they just ignite the imagination. There's so much greatness out there, and it's awesome. And, I mean, imagine how many different local comic book stores across the country have stories just like ours, you know, people meeting, exchanging their favorite comic book story, so to speak, and then uh, coming together over that. And also, what a time to be alive when – Superheroes are so popular. In oh, the they are. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, you know, thinking back to many years ago when you know, if you read a comic book, 
People wouldn't want to talk to you. Like, no, oh, that's weird. You're ostracized. Right. I mean, and now it's like, oh, you like Captain Marvel? Hell yeah, dude. You watch Spider Man? Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> I mean, I, it's yeah. it's the same thing. Comic books and and D and D books. Like, I used to keep those in the back, like of my room, stuff like that. But now you can readily maybe not the D&D books so much but like there are so many D&D like Twitch channels and and uh you know games going on that you can watch from wherever you are nowadays I mean Critical Role is one of the biggest things yeah, on on the internet for sure and you know comic books has obviously made its mark in movies and TV now so yeah so yeah make it to your local comic book store our local comic book store is FanQuest game, comics and games so that's great Right. So that's what's out there this Wednesday. Shop wisely. Let's get to our challenge for this week. We wanted to see what would each one of us make Guardian Daredevil Guardian Devil look like in the DC universe. Uh, Chris was kind enough to come up with some prompts, questions, <laughs> um, challenge. You know the challenge criteria for us. Yeah. So just again, we we are talking about Mysterio. We don't want to forget that. But like I said, one of his best storylines. Um, again, I think he gets a bigger feature when he's in the other comic books. Um, oh God, it just it's escaped my mind. But the Wolverine one, uh, Old Man Logan. Yes, he was one of the big guys behind that. I mean, he did so much damage to the X Men and Wolverine tortured souls. Yeah, he made Wolverine believe that all of his X Men friends were enemies, so he berserkered out and killed all the X-Men like it's alluded to in Logan but instead of Ro- Logan being the one that killed all the X-Men it was Xavier Charles, yeah. yeah so you're right it's, it's not he doesn't have a big part in Old Man Logan but he has a big part yeah. in Old Man Logan yeah, he creates that other writers, other writers are able to make him OP the way that we see him it's funny because mm-hmm. like, you know you don't you, Marvel was a, is really unique I feel unique in the way that they take certain villains and they give them their own books and they make them quote unquote the hero of their own story. Mysterio isn't one of those. They ha- they haven't. I don't not to, not to my knowledge, but there's no there's no Mysterio like long run. And we talked about it last week. So yeah, yeah, he's kind of like I mean he's he's a great villain. I don't think they've gone in and really given us that. Somebody needs to do it. That essential Quentin Beck story, mm-hmm. you know, give us give us the why. Give well, us I would more say this depth. is. I mean, this is a definitely a, the essential. Well, for right now, yes, yes. Like, right I mean, now. I would definitely, I would, I would want something more, just because I felt that this one, and obviously it's been retconned since. Yeah, you know, but you're right. This was at that at that moment a big one because in the story, Quentin Beck learns he's dying. And he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to just die in a hospital bed. I'm going to die at the hands of my greatest enemy, Spider-Man. And at the time, Spider-Man wasn't Spider-Man. Peter Parker, Ben Riley, who was who, who was the clone, who knows? So, uh, you know, just Quentin Beck was like, well, fuck this noise. You know, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out swinging. So who's the next best thing? I guess I'll go with that low-budget Spider-Man Daredevil. <laughs> and he did, and I mean, he fucked Matt Murdock's world hard. So as you brought it up, I think last week and earlier this podcast, uh, it's November 1998. Uh, Marvel is not doing so well in the sales. Uh, they decided to bring in Jimmy Palmiotti and Joe Casada to create what is now we know as Marvel Knights. Um, they're going to spice up the, the titles, I guess. Is they're the going to yep. they're gonna make them a little bit more rel- relevant. They're going to make them sexy again. Uh, so then you have, and we talked about Marvel Knights about. Not too long ago when they were doing yeah. their 20th anniversary. Yeah, they celebrated a big milestone. So, so last we, year. Yeah, we talked about that. So we, we did that. And then um, what you get? You have uh, Daredevil coming off of what storyline? 
Oh, God. You know? No, so they just ended his book. I think it was like issue 381. They were like, we are done <laughs> with Daredevil. He's been put into so many weird situations. They just ended the book. They ended it so they could take like a month or two month break, and then they relaunched it with Daredevil, uh, The Man Without Fear Volume 2. And it was just, it was its own thing. I mean, it came to us on its own. Like there's there's no baggage. There's nothing you need to read before this. You just pick it up and you jump into it. And this brought Kevin Smith into writing comics. This is huge uh, because without this storyline, we wouldn't have so many unfinished storylines. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. I had to poke at the bear. He, he finished this one and he finishes uh, Green Arrow and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, that's all he's ever done. Oh, the... You know what pisses me off? So I, I hope to God it happens. I don't care about the continuity. I just want to see it. So obviously this was a major story, a major story point for the relationship of Bullseye and Daredevil. Bullseye kills Karen Page. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no resolution at the end of, at there the end is, of this yeah, book Bullseye for takes Bullseye. Off. Yeah. Like he's just, I'm out. And he knew. He went into hiding. And he was put away for a long time. And then obviously the movie was going to come out with Ben Affleck and all that fun stuff. So it was like, okay, we've got to do something. We've got to bring Bullseye back into the comics. And they were kind of reserving that moment for Kevin Smith. And they did. They put out part one, uh, Daredevil the Target. And that one's just such a sad issue because Bullseye is kind of in hiding. He's got the bald head with the symbol carved into his his, uh, forehead there. And he gets hired on to commit a crime. And he doesn't want to do it because he's like he's he knows he's in hiding. He's like I kind of pushed Daredevil too far. <laughs> but this is a big sum of money, and this is an easy kill. And these guys, these these the mobsters, are like, well, we want to see you know your skill set. And like he peers through this uh, telescope, and he finds this woman sitting there with her babe, and he's like, check this out. Takes a paper clip, unfolds it, flings it out there, and it's got to be like two or three blocks. And sure enough, he hits and kills her. And then that means she's dead. So now the baby's gonna be stuck in an apartment till it dies. This is crazy graphic hardcore, and that's just issue one. That's all we know. So there's Kevin a rumor that Kevin will come back, and I hope he does because he got me to go back and buy the damn comic again. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. There's talk that he might come back and do it. Great, and I went and got it. So, I, Kevin, please, please do it. You know, It doesn't matter that they already brought Bullseye back. I don't care. I just want to see the fallout. And by the way, I forgot to mention this to you guys, but I want to mention it to everybody. Read Guardian Devil. It's a great story. It deserves to be on your shelf. If you like it and you want just a little bit more to see how Matt deals with the loss of Karen Page, go read Daredevil Yellow by uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sell because it's a nice look back at the recent loss of Karen Page. So a quick rundown of uh, Guardian Devil is uh, Matt... Being Matt, who he is, he's actually on the up and up. He's he's got a new law firm. He's uh, his buddies are doing his buddies doing great. You know, he's kind of getting. He has to get over the fact that Karen left him six six months ago to go start a job in Los Angeles. But then uh, he hears a girl, little uh, a teenage girl running around with a baby. She's being run down by a, by a car. He stops the car, but the the girl takes off before the cops can get there. Uh, he keeps the ear out for the baby's heartbeat and the girl's heartbeat. Um, eventually he catches up to her. Well, actually the girl comes she to comes him, to him yeah. because she had a dream from angels saying that Matt Murdock is daredevil and he'll protect the baby because the baby is the redeemer. It's the second coming. It's either the Messiah or the antichrist. Well, that's when, yeah, then you have this other guy, this macabre or McCabe. I don't know how you say <laughs> his name shows up at, at Matt Murdock's uh, office and say, Hey, uh, I know you're Daredevil. Also, I'm part of this group called the Shilu, Shila, Sh- something. 
Um, and this isn't the Redeemer. This is the Antichrist. You need to kill it. You need to kill this baby. Kill this baby. Kevin Smith doesn't like babies. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he uh, the 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 McCabe gives him a uh, cross to be like, this is my calling card. Keep it with you if you need me or something like that. Uh, then things start really going down the fucking hole. Uh, he gives the baby to Natasha, so to speak. Like he, she's like, hey, you need to watch this thing. I love Natasha's first reaction. She's like, it's not mine, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she's like, she's also, like, he didn't even take into account to look what the baby's gender was because Natasha has to be like, it's a girl. And he's like, what? It's a a little girl, not a little boy. He's like, are you sure? He's like, well, she's not well endowed (laughs) if it is a boy. (laughs) Um, This is the part where he's going so crazy. Like, he actually picks the baby and throws it off the roof. Yeah. Natasha saves it by swinging down to catch it before, you know, baby splatter, baby splatter. (laughs) And he later on, I thought this was confusing because in the panels, he's like, I almost threw that baby off the roof. It's like, no, no, you did throw that baby (laughs) off the roof. That's how Daredevil spins it. He's like, I may have did it. No, I almost did it. That's what happened. It's to play with the sense of he's going insane. I, I think that's what it definitely has to be. Um so then he gets a visit by yet another person, grabs him, says that he is Ball, which is, I believe, is another name for the devil? Because so, yeah, that's yeah. the name they give in Exorcist, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. He's one of the like kings of hell. Sure, okay. Um, to me, it sounded like that guy was going to explain to Daredevil that he's actually a good guy and, and he believes the baby's the redeemer, but Daredevil, like, takes out the speaker before and gets out the room before he can finish what he was saying. Uh, eventually, he makes his way to Maggie, Sister Maggie, which we know to be his mother, his biological mother. He's still going crazy, still lashing out at people. Karen, at all this time, has been in his apartment just crying herself to sleep because she is HIV positive, as she, com- she comes to find out. Uh, after that... Karen, I mean, I'm skipping ahead, but Karen shows up at the hospital, or not the hospital, the church, the church uh, tries to protect Matt as Daredevil, or Bullseye has been recruited by, as we know now, McCabe to uh, snatch the baby and bring it back. So his mercenary gig is to kidnap, not to uh, kill anybody. Yeah. And as he gets the baby, he goes to leave, he takes daredevil's billy club throws it and he's gonna kill daredevil but karen steps in the way and she dies yep. big old hole in her chest the size of a billy club which uh, is nuts yeah this is also true um he eventually has had daredevil hadn't made did he make it to to dr strange at this point no not yet no, not no actually he did he did make it because that's when when they kind of took the insanity off right. of him. Because that's, that's where he was at when Maggie and Karen were protecting the baby at the okay. church. Okay. That's what I was going to say was that one of the things that I thought was weird was like at the beginning of the story is you don't – why doesn't he just go straight to Doctor Strange, like the person that would be in the know for all yeah, this stuff? Yeah, you think, right? They know like the dark secrets and Dormammu's. Yeah. Dormammu but he, so Doctor Strange calls, calls forth Mephisto and say, hey – is the Redeemer come back? Has you know? Is this a thing that's happening? Mephisto's like, no. Did someone tell you that? That's dumb. And he's like, uh, I believe the Bible says that when he comes back, he'll become he'll come back as a man. Isn't that right? 
blind lawyer? And he's like, <laughs> oh, fuck, he knows it's me. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you're right. That's that's true. And and he's like, oh, well, someone's fucking with you. And then, yeah, Doctor Strange takes the insanity spell off. It's a chemical inside of him. So uh, he's the, the cross. The cross was making Daredevil go crazy anytime someone said the baby wasn't real or wasn't the redeemer or wanted to harm it or take it away from whatever. So, uh, he eventually puts it all together. He's figured it out. He's going to go, he goes to confront McCabe, figures out, I, I don't know at the point where he gets to the bottom of the building is, does he know that McCabe is, is Mysterio? I don't think he knows it's Mysterio, but he definitely knows that he's under a ruse. Okay. Cause he, those first hand ninjas come to attack him. He's like, these guys are not real. They're not really the hand. And he takes him out like no problem. And he, he goes to, uh, he goes further up and like Mysterio's called this place the gauntlet he's going to go through, which we've seen much better gauntlets from other heroes throughout oh, time. Of course. Uh, Ball character shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm here to help you. I'm going to, we're going to get that baby. We're going to save it. And uh, you know, he's helping him fight this stuff off, but he, he, but Daredevil's like, I can hear the mechanisms working. So he punches him in the chest and it shows that it's a suit. It's a, like a big me- me- uh, mechanical. mechanical engineered suit. It's uh, this dude, Gabriel that we've been seeing throughout the whole uh, story. So he gets to the top. Finally, it's Mysterio. Mysterio's like, this is the part where I'm going to tell you everything. And Daredevil's <laughs> like, fuck you. Punches him right in the fucking head. Good. And he's like, oh, I don't need to hear any of that shit. And he goes, ah, oh, but you do, because I still have the baby in a vacuum, and the baby's dying now. and only got 20 minutes of air. So then we get to go through all the exposition that Mysterio's like, well, this was me. I got told that I was dying. I'm gonna, And Chris explained it earlier. He's like, I'm going to – he paid the Kingpin, Kingpin yeah, a million dollars for, for all the information that he needed. Uh, that's which would gave you the whole thing earlier where Fisk is like just sitting in bed. He's like, wow, those insurance scams are you know, really paid off. He, he's able to pull this whole thing off. Good for him. <laughs> and you're just like, what are you talking about? Uh, oh, we forgot. Foggy was also in jail because a woman that he, oh, yeah, he was accused of killing a woman. Uh, he was killing his client that he kind of started having feelings for, yeah, had but relations, then he ends up having relations, cheating on Liz Allen. Or at you the time, Liz Osborne. On, yeah, you don't cheat on Ms. Liz there. Uh, then uh, that lady was actually a uh, actor that was paid to act like a, a rich widow or rich rich divorcee or soon to be divorcee, but she was given drugs over and over. Eventually, she, she was given a hot shot that made her go crazy after having sex with Foggy, and she jumps out of a window and kills herself. Uh, Foggy, I'm, I'm was, gonna stop you right there. Okay, just right now, just for a second. Already, readers, tell us this is not fucking a crazy ass. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Continue, I'm sorry. Foggy was also drugged to believe that the lady was a uh, demon. And Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in jail sprouting about demons, you know, coming to life and, and trying to frame him for murder. Mysterio says, I did all this shit to fuck with your life and ruin you. And uh, guess what? There's nothing you can do about it. And he's like, all right, well. I figured out, you know, the power to your your suit, so I'm going to damage that. Now you just need to tell me where the baby is. And he opens up the, the door where the baby's at, and he's like, all right, now this is the part where you kill me. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not that kind of person. That's not, not who angry. I am. <laughs> he's like, you're nothing. All your, your whole plan was stolen from other people, too. Like, it didn't make any sense. And he's like, well, fine. This You're going to have to live with this on your conscience. And he kills himself. 
And it's like, I don't know if Daredevil really is like, oh, well. <laughs> I mean, how, how do you feel like Daredevil felt at the end of that? Honestly, I think, and again, it's funny because we're hyping this up as a very big, like, mysterious story. He was a plot device, unfortunately. It was just like, this was what was going to drive it. This was what was going to do it. And I think with the whole, the fact that Matt almost slash did throw a baby off a building, <laughs> and the fact that Karen just died in his arms, that's going to well up more in his his thoughts and his his feelings as opposed to fucking bullhead killing well, himself see, there. And I think the funny thing is is that the whole like baby throwing the baby off the roof, like he's suppressed it. He's like, I'm blocking <laughs> yeah, that. That's gone. <laughs> that's gone. But the whole Karen dying thing had nothing to do with Mysterio. That was Bullseye just taking it upon himself to be like, All right, I'm gonna kill her. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't make a difference to no, me. It wasn't a part of it, it's just collateral damage. Exactly. So Mysterio still had absolutely nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is a great story of his. <laughs> it is a great story, but he did. He did. He, oh, he masterminded he out, so yeah. much stuff it was, it was that just good, ruined Matt Murdock. Really should have. Life, yeah. It should have lasting effects on everything that yes. Daredevil does after this point. Like Natasha, the first time she sees him after after what he did to her on the rooftop to get the baby back, like punches him in the face and like, tell me why I shouldn't kill you right now. And he's and I didn't know about him and Natasha having a relationship before this. Oh yeah, really? I wow. never knew that they were a, was a couple. big thing. Yeah, they oh. had their own comic together. Wow. Uh, okay, any any part that I missed that you feel you needed to talk about? No, no just just one quick thing. I, I really like issue eight, the last bit with uh, the funeral. Uh, that was huge. I thought that was great. If you look at the funeral, you see a bunch of guest stars there. And Would you have had that many people though for Karen Page? Yeah. Like, really? Surprisingly, the Nelson and Murdoch law firm did a lot for superheroes. Like, issue two or three of Daredevil, the Fantastic Four show up. So who's the first person they're greeted by? Karen Page. You know, so it makes sense that all those heroes did show up. You know, there was a great respect because that's the thing that sometimes does get eclipsed is the fact that Nelson and Murdoch, the law form, does a lot mm-hmm. in New York, Hell's Kitchen and all that. You know, so it I, it made sense to me. Like, it wasn't just one of those like, oh, let's just, you know, put all these people here. No, they definitely had their place for being there. Fair enough. And I thought it was great. I, I thought it really paid a lot to characters to Karen's character. Uh, but anyways, what was really nice though, is at that point or even then, you know, Spider-Man shares with, with, uh, with Matt and he's like, I get it. I know what it's like to lose someone because of our masks. And that was just a beautiful part there to see that exchange between Pete and Matt and dealing with their losses. And these are the questions prompts that Chris came up with. Uh, who's your villain? So who's our Mysterio? Who is, uh, your hero in the story? Who's our daredevil? Uh, who would, or would you change or what's the plot device? So, uh, the baby in the story, um, uh, what hero would you help come back or come back to help? So the black widow, and then what are the supporting characters? Your Karen page and bullseye or the other hero was a uh, Spidey gives yeah, the, well, the black top. widow or Spidey. Yeah. Like which, which one would you have kind of guest star in that? So, all right, Rafa, why don't you go first? It's winter of 2019, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) and things are looking crazy in the DC universe. All of the Justice League, as well as a couple of other heroes, have gone off world because they got to go take on the fantastic dark side. Because, of course, he's up to no good like he always is. Well, in New York or whatever you want to call his equivalent, we've got Raven. 
And Raven is the hero of this story. She is the main piece. Wow. And in this story, what's happening is Raven is having visions. Guess who's coming back? It's Trigon. It's Daddy. He's coming back, and her visions are getting stronger. She's going to sleep. Mind you, I've watched a lot of Suspiria, so in this, I'm kind of <laughs> taking parts of that. So we have a whole, in my head, the, the, the prog metal band Goblin is playing. Nice. And shit's going down. And so Raven is getting a sense of dread because her daddy is coming back. Lord of Hell, gonna cause some shit. So, first issue ultimately ends up with the whole idea of the plot device. There is a baby outside her house, and guess what? This baby is supposedly her little sister. Ooh, and she's nice going twist. to be the catalyst of bringing Trigon back. So Raven, needing support, she calls on to the other Titans, but of course, the majority of them are off-world, and a lot of them can't come to help her. So she's going a little bit crazy. But someone who randomly shows up to help her is Etrigan the Demon. And he's there to say, you need, whatever's going on, you need to stop this because it's, he's, Trigun's coming back. Right. And he is immediately destroyed by Terra. Terra has come back from the dead and Raven doesn't know what's going on saying, Terra, is this really you? Is this, am I really imagining this? I thought you were dead. What's going on? And basically she's saying, no, I was able to escape hell and I want to absolve myself of my sins because I want to help you to make sure these terrible things don't happen. And so it turns into kind of this adventure where they're trying to escape from these masked villains who are trying to take away the baby. During this whole thing that's going on, we also have an appearance of Starfire who starts to say, what are you talking about? There's, I don't see Terra. Whereas Raven sees Terra, Starfire can't. This ultimately culminates into this huge thing where ultimately it turns out that Brother Blood has come back and he has completely decimated his bloodline because of the whole prophecy of his son will come back and kill him. So what he's doing is he doesn't have a future. He knows he's not going to live forever. So he wants to take revenge on the Teen Titans. The only Titan on the planet at the time is Raven. So he masterminds this whole event where this baby doesn't exist. It is a figment of their imagination, but it's brought manifested into the real world. So Trigon's not coming back. It's all mas- uh, It's all manipulated by Brother Blood, who ultimately brought back Terra. And so they're both together wow. in this to take her out. And it ultimately ends with them killing Starfire and Raven realizing that her daddy's not coming back, but because of her background and just this cruel fate of twist that they were able to take out Starfire in, I don't know how they would kill her, but something happens and she gets shot through the face, let's say. <laughs> uh, ultimately, Raven, you know, she she's left. I want the issue to end with ultimately her taking out Brother Blood. And, and whereas Mysterio's like, you kill me, mm-hmm. she eviscerates Brother Blood. And wow. She just tears him apart and sends Terra back to hell. And basically... The the heroes come back after facing Apocalypse and Raven They're is now... Darkseid. Darkseid, thank you. See, Apocalypse is too similar. <laughs> they go to the planet Apocalypse there and Darkseid. And uh, she's just a changed person. And then to see where this leads, I want this ultimately to turn into her becoming a villain in the in the later future. Oh, wow. This is kind of the push to get her there. And I would call the story Blood Devil. Blood Devil. That would be Damn. Awesome. Dude, that, that story, the ramifications... Yeah. Are huge. I mean, oh. you've taken Terra Center back to hell, so Beast Boy's going to be like, oh, yeah. I'm kind of a little hurt right now. Uh, Raven is gone. She's off the rails. Mm-hmm. So that's going to hit the whole team. And Starfire's gone. Starfire is dead. Not just gone, dead. Oh, man. That one packs a punch, dude. Holy crap. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to have a lot of Titans. Uh, <laughs> 
chasing down Raven at this point. The Hunt. That's going to be the sequel series. The Hunt. So I'll try and hunt her down. And you're only going to do issue one and then stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Kevin Smith. Uh, okay, so uh, that was great. It's a great story. You. Can't wait to can't wait to see more of that. <laughs> I'm going to write it tonight. I'm going to share it with the world. Uh, I will go ahead and go next, if that's okay. Sure. All right. So mine, my Daredevil is, uh, I, I kind of went with the, in, in the story, the Guardian Devil, you know, Mysterio refers to Daredevil, or yeah, to Daredevil as like a second tier hero, which I don't At agree with. was true. But okay, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. I don't agree with, but he's, he's, he's definitely a street level hero. Um, so I went with one that I feel, he's, he's very popular now. But I still feel like he's a secondary. Like, people don't think about him that much. But Jason Todd, the Red Hood. Nice. So we're going to go with Jason Todd. Do I give? Should I give my, my villain now? My big change-up villain? See if you could do it without telling us. Go for the mystery build. So the baby. The baby... The baby's the villain! No. The baby, <laughs> the baby is, uh, uh, the, the, as a plot device, Catherine Todd comes back. Jason, Jason's Todd, Jason Todd's stepmother who the one who who raised him the one he believed was his biological mother she comes back and you know he thinks she, he thinks that she's supposed to be dead she thinks that she's supposed to be dead she doesn't understand why she's alive you know she comes to find him and and the two of them uh bond again and and now they're on the run so they're on the run together uh my my black widow the person that he goes to he goes to help, find help from is Helena Bertinelli the Ooh, huntress that's good nice. they they also have history so it's it's interesting that he goes back to her. Uh, I'll save my Spidey for the end because that Spidey was saved for the end. Gotcha. Okay. Who who's who's my paid assassin that's going to come after him? Who's gonna who's gonna be, you know, putting putting him in the chase? The the one that that is uh, gonna eventually kill your cat your uh, your 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 person your your Karen Page. Sorry, uh-huh. Lady Shiva. Ooh. So if you remember from Death in the Family, he was going, he was looking around for his biological mother. Lady Shiva was one of the suspects that he thought could be his biological mother. So I think there will be a little bit more there between the two of them. Well, I like, I mean, you've kept it thick in the Todd bloodline. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm really trying. My Karen Page. Okay, so I didn't go for a love interest. Like we could have, I, I could have gone for love. I mean, actually, I couldn't have gone for love. There's a lot of love interests for for <laughs> Jason Todd. Well, I mean, Talia, but not really. They just they just did the dirty. just did the dirty. Um, what? Oh my gosh! No way. <laughs> uh, my Karen Page is going to be a friend, and okay. you might not think of him as a friend, but he they've come to be a friend. And then my villain of the story also makes it so that he that my that. Tommy Elliott Hush believes that he is a friend. Right. Okay. So, so the two of them are going to bond. They're going to he's going to help him on the run. He's going to he's he's trying to repent for all of his his wrongdoings of, you know, making his face look like Bruce Wayne, trying to kill Bruce Wayne, trying to uh uh making his face look like Nightwing at yeah. one point. Um he even, you know, during the whole Hush storyline, this is the reason why we kind of got Jason Todd back. <laughs> there. He was like, I'm Jason Todd. Yeah, mm-hmm. they tested the waters there. So uh, Tommy Elliot Hush is going to get killed by Lady Shiva as he throws his body in the way to uh, stave off the sword. Awesome. Like, like the sword's going to be powerful enough that it goes through both of them, uh-huh. but like it's enough that it threw the trajectory off not to kill Jason Todd. Okay. 
Ooh, I like that the lasting wound then. Yeah. So all that all that being said, you come to the end and you find out that it's Hank Henshaw, Cyborg Superman. Whoa! Yeah, that comes out of left field. What's he doing there? Mysterio is not a, a Daredevil villain. That's so true. I, no, I like that. That comes out of left field. That's awesome. So uh, Hank Henshaw, being what he is, has finally come to it. He's like, this is terrible. I, I, I've, I've become what I've become. I have, I, I have a virus going through me that's, that will eventually destroy me. Why can't I go back to before this happened to me, when my love was still alive, when his wife, whatever her name, Henshaw well, the was. The rest of the Fantastic Four. The rest of the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> was still alive. Why can't that, that be a thing? Why, who, who, who's made it back? Who's, who's done? Jason Todd came back. But it's not the same as just the Lazarus Pit. Yes, the Lazarus Pit kind of helped him, right. but it's the, it's the Super, Superboy Prime Punch. So he wants to know what the effects of that was. How can he unlock that through Jason to get his family back? Nice. So he's run through all the computer programs. He's gone through, like, he went through Rachel Ghoul's uh, setup. He went through Talia's setup. He went through Batman's setup. He's got all the information on uh, on Jason Todd. Catherine Todd is actually one of his constructs. It's just a it's a robot. Oh, okay. His mother awesome. yeah. his mother's not back. Oh. He put the he put the the so after the last fight with Batman in Arkham Asylum, you know, uh Hush had to have surgery again cuz Batman beat him almost to death. He while under surgery, Cyborg slipped a computer chip into his brain that makes him want to redeem himself, want to be a good okay. guy. All right. So that's nice. why he has well this, this idea of being a hero kind of thing. I like that. I like that because it, it, if you build it and like you kind of build that buddiness towards it and you kind of make him that, that well, villain turned hero killed, and then it's like, no, he wasn't really a hero. No. Fuck it, you. It was yeah. I like that. I like that's that. That's a nice twist. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's 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 Jason Todd versus Hank Henshaw, the computer you know computer virus. So what does he do? He he has to he has to burn him out. He ha- he has to figure it out how how to. But what he does is he gets he gets Tim, he gets Barbara, he gets every computer genius he has, and instead of just killing him, he locks him into a piece of the cloud, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So he has to just sit there and exist oh. without being able to touch the outside world. That's a good punishment. Um, whether or not he kills himself from that point, I don't know. That that will have to be some, some other writer. <laughs> then you're at the end when we're at the, we're basically at the gravestone of Catherine Todd. Um, Cause he's, you know, he had all these memories come back of the, the mother that raised him and stuff like that. Uh, Kyle Rayner shows up his one time traveling buddy through the, dimensions as they the did multiverse yeah. yeah the multiverse and he's like look i know i kind of know what you're going through i've had to relive the death of girl in the refrigerator yeah alex dewitt alex dewitt over and over i understand i kind of understand what you're going through if you need somebody and he just blows him off he says you don't know what i go through you're you're a space cop get the hell out of here <laughs> okay right there that dialogue this is poetic. It's poetic <laughs> symmetry to me. I, I want this story, Mitch. <laughs> Draw this story and give it to me like Encino Man. <laughs> Just like Encino Man. So that's that, and it's called the Hooded Angel. Okay. That, that, yep. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> so that's 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 where my story ends. I love it. I love it because, like I said, it's 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 symmetric. It's it's poetic. The characters sound like the characters. I'm not expecting Hush to want to have that redeemness, and then you you like like the like the sword that jabs into his heart that Shiva goes into it. You you stab me when I might get into the character, and then it turns out like, oh, that wasn't really him. Right. The whole idea of Hank is a is a character that I would never expect. The whole time, I'm like, who is who's doing this penguin? Nope, I like that. <laughs> Wasn't expecting Kyle at the end, and the way that you bring them both together, like you know, I've relived this myself. And then Jason just telling me, "Oh, fuck off." Yeah. <laughs> that, yes, everything reads as Jason, and that that sounds like a great story. Thank you. Yeah, no, I love the fun. I love the fact that there's all those deep cuts on Jason. Like, I mean, you you did your research, and and I mean, his heart is going to be torn out by the end of this. And I love the fact too, your villain. I can't think of any interactions between Jason Todd and Hank Henshaw. That's rough. So I mean, it's like, like that's just like, oh, I won the lottery of fucking of getting fucked over. <laughs> have them, have them in one shot. I don't know how you'd put it in the story, but have them make out with Supergirl. I don't know. How. Ooh, that's <laughs> not just, bad. Just, just so when I was when I was looking up his love interest, apparently there was a time when him and Kara were an interest. Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I that didn't either. New Fifty Two stuff, I think. Oh, that makes sense. I remember <laughs> her flirting with Hal in the New Fifty Two, and the whole time Hal's just like she's. She's a child. Oh no, that was the Brave and the Bold book. That, that was, was Brave. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, he was like, she's sixteen. She's sixteen. She's sixteen. She's sixteen. She's sixteen. She's underage. Yep. No, Is she not. sixteen though? She's like, you know, you gotta take Kryptonian ages that's and true. traveling through space. I mean, at the end of the day, she's a fucking alien. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's what cracks me up about a lot of those things where they look at it. It's like that's the thing we're worried about. We're not worried about the big, the big elephant in the room. All <laughs> <laughs> right, right, like she's physically sixteen, but mentally and. Uh, chronologically, she's older because she has now been retconned to be older than Superman. Yeah, yeah. Because she wasn't a like she was sixteen when he was a baby. Right. You know. So yeah, crazy stuff there. No, but I dig it, man. That was cool. Hooded Angel. I dig that. I like that. All right. So it's time for me to show my cards. All right. So let's go into the story, Angel of the Night. Ooh, nice. All right. So, um, let's start off. Okay. So who's my villain? So Weather Wizard, a.k.a. Mark Mardon. So I like him. I think he's a great villain. Uh, he comes from the Flash's Rogues. Uh, I really did. I enjoyed a big storyline that Jeff Johns did when he introduced the idea that Weather Wizard was a father. So I'm going to take that character. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run him through the shit. So, you know, he's, he's been doing his villainous things. He's been living his life. You know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, cool, I have a child. Well, this has been a couple of years now, so this child is of a thinking age, and it's kind of like, hey, I'm your dad, and the kid is just like, fuck you, I don't want you in my life. So, wow, that hurts. You know, one of your reasons to live doesn't even want you in your life at all. Um, then he starts checking the news, and it's like, oh, Lois Lane's out there, and she's spilling all this stuff about Heroes in Crisis, the sanctuary. Wow, wow, what's going on? And then word on the street finally comes out. Yeah, you know who was the guy who did all that stuff, who fucked it all up for all of us? Wally West. And that just angers him so much more. It's like, wait a second, that prick who's been telling me how to be a good guy and do all these right things and punishing me he's a villain so it's just gonna set him off and he's like i want to get my revenge but right now we don't know where wally west is and then to put that 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 icing on the shit cake weather wizard finds out he's dying you know it's like oh great i got lung cancer cool so i can't even smoke a cigarette to relax (laughs) (laughs) so he's just man he's pissed 
So it's one of those things. It's like, what are you going to do? You know, you don't have enough time. You don't know when Wally's going to come back. And it's just time to put it out on a big note. So who's one's Wally? who is one of Wally's best friends? His best man, Dick Grayson. So he decides, you know what? I'm going to go after Nightwing. And, you know, there's that reputation, those Gotham heroes. So he's going to kill me. It's going to be cool. I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. So that's what happens there. So the Weather Wizard is like, okay, all right, here we go. So he plays on, you know, on some of the, not necessarily the, the Catholicism of, of Dick Grayson because it's there, but it's not as apparent as, like, say, Daredevil, for example. I didn't know but, that he was Catholic. Yeah, well, like I was saying, and this is, this is good because I want to I pump this one out there. So there was a story, and it was one of my, like, probably my first exposure to Nightwing. Uh, Batman Volume 1 issues 436, 37, 38 and 39, a.k.a. Year 3. So this was the one that basically was the first post-crisis origin of Dick Grayson. And, you know, as soon as the uh, the uh, Graysons are killed, uh, Jason, or sorry, not Jason, Dick is taken to a, uh, a church to basically kind of be raised for a little bit. And uh, Sister, oh gosh, what was her name? Uh, Sister Mary Elizabeth was one of the women who took care of J- of Dick Grayson when he was there. So the points after he his parents died and before before Batman, Batman took as a, yeah, before as a officially gets him in, a, in in his award to go live at Wayne Manor. Okay. So yeah, so that was some crazy stuff there. Uh, it it kind of played. It didn't play too long in the mythos, uh, and I'm sure they've retconned it all the way out of there. But I thought it was great. I enjoyed that story. It holds a special place in my heart. No reason you can't bring um, it back. Yeah, and that's what we're gonna do here. <laughs> but uh, if you do want to get this one, the the single issues are out there, or you could buy the trade paperback Batman: The Cape Crusader Volume Two. I've always thought these four issues, you should read them before you read A Lonely Place of Dying, which is the brand new story that introduces us to Tim Drake. So I would definitely say those two complement each other very well. But anyways, yeah, so I'm going to play with some of those things. So basically, Weather Wizard is like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna amp it up. So he comes to Gotham. Or no, let's, we're going to go to Bloodhaven. So he goes to Bloodhaven, and he is bringing about the apocalypse. I am the devil. Like, he is selling it big time he's getting some help from mirror master obviously to help you know create some illusions and whatnot because like the best friends and everything yeah you know, like, he, i need to commit a crime got you fam yeah i got you and so not only does he get some help there but he also gets some help from magenta now magenta aka francis kane she was a girlfriend of wally west uh, those two dated, so she was basically like picture a Magneto esque character. Uh, so she's there, but she's not going to come in right away helping uh, Weather Wizard. She's going to be coming in to help Nightwing. So she's going to be oh. there. Donna Troy's going to be there as well. And now what's going to be real interesting is these are two people that are deep in Wally's life. Donna Troy, one of the founding titans alongside Wally West, and Francis Kane, Magenta, one of his greatest loves. So Magenta is always going to be pro-Wally. She's going to be like, no, he was a good man, da-da-da-da. And Donna is actually going to be the one who's like, no, what he did is unforgivable. He attacked people when they were at a vulnerable point. As a warrior, you never do that. So, of course, this is going to be putting a lot of pressure on Nightwing because he wants to believe in his friend Wally. He doesn't want to believe that he, you know, there's, there's got to be more to it. It wasn't just that way. So anyways, Weather Wizard is laying havoc all over the place. And finally, it's time for Magenta to show her true colors. So she takes Donna Troy, flings her off, you know, gets rid of her. And it's like, okay, so now it's Nightwing versus Magenta and Weather Wizard. Uh, so Nightwing is like, but we have to stop this guy. You know, he's he's demonic right now. He's using his power of the storms to obliterate our story, kind of more in the vein of Sodom and Gomorrah. So it's like, we have to stop this stuff. We have to do this now. 
and eventually he pleads so much that Magenta kind of is like, oh my God, you know, doing something bad is, it is what it is, but this level of apocalypse is too much. So at one point when Weather Wizard is going to try to take down Nightwing himself, Magenta winds up taking, you know, taking that hit. So she gets killed. So she's the one who gets sacrificed like Karen Page in this one. Uh, In the end, she kind of comes around and she's like, you know, I realized what I did was wrong, but in the end, it's our actions that really count. So that kind of helps with a little bit of the redemption of Wally West, you know, and that's why, you know, Dick is kind of like, you know what, you're right. Wally wouldn't want to be this way. Wally wouldn't be this way. It is what it is. So eventually, like, Weather Wizard and just his insanity is just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, why do these, these, these events keep coming this way? This is not ending right. And so he thinks he's about to succeed. Nightwing, of course, stops him, takes him down, but he's going to put him in jail. Why? Because bat people don't kill. They may beat the hell out of you and break your kneecaps, but they will (laughs) not kill you. Uh, So he eventually puts him down, but Weather Wizard is just like, you know what, I cannot see myself living living in prison before I die. So he winds up basically electrocuting himself. Uh, He calls down the lightning and just kills himself. So now Nightwing is stuck with this and it's like, oh my God, you know, what am I going to deal with? You know, Magenta just died. Uh, Weather Wizard is just dead. Donna comes back and she's going to be the one who actually will kind of talk him through the grief where it's like, look, I get it. And in their grief, they talk about their loss of Wally West because both of them lost him as a hero and as their friend. So that is Angel of the Night. I love how up to date the story is like i love yes. that i could you could literally start this story right now in dc comics and it'd be it it seamlessly go in like this is this is oh, thank you fucking awesome <laughs> that and the fact that i mean you really give uh weather wizard that motivation the fact that it's tied into heroes in crisis the fact that it is wally's been telling me how to live my life that sanctimonious piece of shit does this <laughs> and so i mean i can see the drive behind that i really like that i thought you put that together very well oh thank you yeah 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 i'm sorry i, I was gonna say i love i love it when because we talked about it earlier with green arrow it's just like when the when the hero goes one step too far and then all of a sudden their villains are like these pieces of shit they they told us over and over that we can't commit crimes and they're doing just as bad like yep. if not worse stuff like I, yeah no it was good it's very good yeah no like i said and that was the hardest part was trying to figure it out was like okay what villain did that motivation and luckily it just kind of fell in where it's like hey you know what nightwing and wally's relationship and then heroes in crisis so yeah no thank you good stuff so, uh, if anybody has anything more uh, that they would like to say to about our stories or any of the things that we talked about today, uh, if you have a story about Guardian Devil that you want to talk about, uh, we'd love to hear it. Find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia G-E-M. Chris is also on Twitter as... Stuff I should say. Stuff should being spelled S-H-U-D. Rafa can be found on Twitter at... Mobile Rafi, your entertainment on the go. Make sure to check out Chris's further writing adventures on Adventures in... Poor Taste. Poor Taste. I always forget that that, that <laughs> title. So, adventuresinpoortaste.com. Uh, check out his uh, reviews of comic books. Then check out Rafa's reviews of toys and all the things that he does on his YouTube page, also Mobile Rafi. It's a lot of fun, you know, and I mean, I'm inspired by these great gentlemen, you know. The whole idea is you want to build something and you want to share it with the world. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what we're here. We're all trying to just share it with the world. 
You want to talk to the rest of the Geek Elite Media, it's at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast.